One, two, three, clap. I started the timer. I remembered to start the timer. That's some forethought there. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Hi, and welcome to Hey Buddy, Nice Podcast. Over there in Scotland, stewing, stewing in the juices of things that they don't want to talk about and we shan't. That's Brogan Hastings. And never mentioning that subject again is Wayne Giovinazzi. Well, um, I was going to say, what subject should I not mention? But we're aware of what that subject is. No one else is. I mean, one other person might be aware because they're sitting here as well. Looking we're at not this, allowed like, to maybe... talk about the fact that I failed the AML exam, okay? What are you doing? You're allowed to talk about it. I'm not. Okay, that's fair enough. Yes. Yes? Okay, cool. So, <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you care to elaborate? I failed, okay? And I failed by 7% and I'm fucking pissed off. I think it's like driving tests. I'm going out there, I'm saying it. It's like a driving test. At least in WA, Australia, no one passes their driving test first go now because it's a money-making scheme. Did you have to pay to sit this test? Yes, and there I'll have go. to pay to reset. Point proved. But I, I won. The company will. Mm. <laughs> but... And here, with the inside goss, we have special guest, Jobeth, a.k.a. Judgmentalist, to tell us what, a, what the deal is with this money-making scheme. Jobeth, please. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I think that covers us all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there that. I don't know about a test being rigged specifically to make sure everybody fails but the first time through, but it definitely, I, I'm sure they're not upset to grab the extra fees. That That is, at least over here in the States, very mm-hmm. much a thing of if, where can we just bleed you dry, yeah. left, right, up, down. Okay. It's a so, very US centric course as well. I noticed. It's like, yeah. what does this part of the Patriot, uh, the Patriot Act say? And I'm like, what? I yeah, I'm not joking. There are like literal questions on that. I mean, it gave me a breakdown at the end. And the bits, the section that I really passed, everything that was like, you know, how do you apply this? What do you do in this situation? I passed everything that was like, what does this specific part of this act? What does this group do? What does this thing do? I'm like. I don't know. But, like, I know that certain groups... Like, I'm going to get really technical here. The Wolfsburg <laughs> Group is about banks. The Yates Memo is about looking at the person as crime. Stuff like that. I know that. But I don't know what specific lines and what specific parts do for each act. Like, did you have to quote, like, section A, whatever? I don't know. I don't know. It's multiple choice. Uh, it's no, multiple uh, choice. Okay. Which is somehow worse and somehow okay because, you know, you get those answers that are, like, really, yeah. really close. Did they have questions that would try to trip you up? Like, sure, they don't, they're not trying to make you fail, but with questions that can trip you up, like, um, uh, say, for in, like a stupid, like, no, no winning answer. Like, I yeah. like to have relations with animals, and then the options are sometimes or frequently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was one question that was like, what's the most uh, high-risk form of buying something. It was it was to do with transfer money. And the options were like cash, credit, wire transfer, or cryptocurrency. And I'm like, uh, well, it's either crypto guess, or wire transfer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would have said t- 10 years ago, I would have said wire transfer. Nowadays, I'd... I think I, I said crypto first. And then when I went back and to wire transfer, there was a lot of questions later on about wire transfers and how risky they were. Which may have been a mistake, I don't know. Well, anyway, this has been perfect introductory um, Seg A talk for our, uh, our, our, our guest today. Um, we, we haven't really uh, mentioned up until now. In, in, I, I mean, pe- people who listen to Hey Buddy Nice podcast, I assume know who Jobeth is. I think that's fair, right, Brogan? I think so. It covers I me. I often say Jobeth. Yeah, I, I, and- I listen to Hey Buddy Nice podcast and I know who I am. That's pretty good. That some means you're saving some. Set, but you know, yeah, you're saving money on therapy. Then I guess if you truly know yourself, well, don't let what therapy know. Certainly not paying for any. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I I do need to get one of those t-shirts. Um, my other therapist is a podcast because that's <laughs> it's my my only therapist is a podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jobeth comes to us uh, from multiple avenues, but. Uh, the one that we like to talk about is from uh, now. I, I every second time I say the name of the podcast, I get it wrong. But it is um, big sexy digital nomad, or is it just referred to as digital nomad? Oh, big sexy digital nomad. Okay, yeah. Right. So it's 
now is it named after the namesake of your co-host big sexy or is it that the podcast is also big sexy like big sexy uh no it's him and it's uh yeah we're following his journey that is i guess technically Mm -hmm. has begun because he is now no longer residing in las vegas um yeah he's got i want to say four more weeks i believe it probably times up with another journey that you guys are aware of pretty closely give or take a week um Mm -hmm. without spoiling anything um where he will start i think i think everyone knows everything now Um, but yeah, he he will do a cross country trek that will bring him back through Vegas. In fact, I mm-hmm. believe that the plans are for all of us to meet up at some point in time, and mm-hmm. um, and then various other places throughout the U.S. Working his way through Miami, Florida, where they are hopping on a fourteen or fifteen day cruise. I should know this because we just mentioned this specifically in the last episode we recorded, but whatever. Um, you know, the old adage when you if as as somebody that is podcasting, the moment that that record button stops, you forget everything that you you just talked mm-hmm. about. Um, mm-hmm. He is doing a transatlantic or he and his wife are doing a transatlantic cruise over to Barcelona, and then they will be no longer. In the U.S., I believe that they're going to spend some time. And again, I I think that they've got a plan. I think that they are flexible in that plan, and that plan may change over time, which is kind of part of what the the real crux of this of that podcast is. Um, mm. You know, about his travel journeys, my travel journeys, because um, I am I travel a lot. Not I'm not I, I have a house. I stay here, um, but I am all over the place between some of the many hats that I wear and uh, just from wanting to be other places and all over the place. So get a little travel me and travel him. And yeah. Speaking of big sexy going on a, on a boat, not the only one going on a boat. I, I believe that how many hours now until you are departing on the sea? Um, we will leave my house for the terminal in six hours. Oh, wow. Okay. We, yeah. we, we have to get through this podcast then. Uh, <laughs> uh, business or pleasure or both? Um, it is technically on paper, just pleasure. However, I have every intention of doing more of what I did the last time I was there. So this is a carnival cruise line and I guess it's a smaller ship and I'm new to cruising. So I, I'm figuring all this out as we go along. A lot of the ships will have like a stage magician or mentalist performer, you know, a couple nights during the, the, the cruise. I don't believe this one does. What they have is somebody Uh. whose official job title is table artist and what they are is a strolling magician. They are to go into the awesome. dining rooms and go table to table. I, I had never, in, on the first cruise that I went on, which was actually just back in December, and it was, oddly enough, it was doing the podcast with Big Sexy and talking about cruising and him just kind of pushing me, being like, you need to go, you need to you need to cruise. You, you know. And then I was like, okay, fine. And, and for me, the issues were always a scheduling thing. So I literally just shared my calendar with my travel agent and said, find something that works, bro. And he gave yeah. me some <laughs> options and one did. And um, so I never ran into this, quote, table artist in the dining room. I would always run into him in various other places throughout the ship because that also is what you do is just walk up to people mm. and, hey, can I show you something? Um we were, we being my wife and I were, I believe maybe in the casino at the time or whatever, but I'd given her the heads up. Hey, if you see this guy again, let me know. Like if we're somehow not side by side, because I want to chat with him and I'm in the casino, we were in the casino and I don't know what she, Oh, I know what it was down in the kids arcade. There was this claw machine with these little rubber ducks in and anytime she had the opportunity. She would just run down there and just come back with like handfuls of ducks. Like it's <laughs> ludicrous. And in fact, I'll probably post some pictures on social media throughout the week because I know damn well, while I'm thinking of certain things on this cruise, she's thinking about that claw machine with those ducks. Thinking about ducks, just yeah. like Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's an idea. Maybe we'll have to parse off some of those and take them to Vegas the next time I'm there. Mm. Um so she comes back in 
with less ducks in her hand than I'm used to. And she's like, hey, the guy's out there. Come come on. So I go and less I'm- Less ducks than you are used to. Yes. I mean, normally she would come back with like 30 ducks or something. Like, um, what the hell is this? You go back and you get more ducks. <laughs> no, that's not that's not a command that I need to give. That was just, it's going to eventually happen anyway. Um, so, I don't know. Her honey, and duck sorry, claw machines- I'm, I'm off my duck game. I just couldn't hit those ducks today. I don't, I've got the yips or something. I don't know what it is, but I, I just could not perform. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, nuts with the ducks. Um, you know, and they're all different colors and different sizes. And some of them are like, you know, like blockheaded, like they're coming from Minecraft oh, and whatever yeah. others, you know, it's just a, a random assortment of shit in that machine. Um, all duck or duck ish in, in the setup. But, um, so I go out and I start talking to the guy because I'm like, what is your job? How does it work? You know, basically it's the, hey, how do I get this job? Not that I would want it as a full-time job. I can't do that. Yeah. But I would love it if somebody paid me four or five times a year. I see a hand up. Is this the procedure here? Yeah, um, I've, I've got a question. Um, would you trade in all the ducks in the world to have that job? Just well, on a part-time I, basis. I, I mean, my my desire to have these ducks just sitting around. I mean, is that can we make that happen? <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, you're <laughs> willing yes. to give up these ducks at the sacrifice at anyone else's pleasure and happiness. That's <laughs> well, what I'm hearing. Understand this: by virtue of the deal that you are presenting, <laughs> inevitably, and, and my wife. We'll end up back on a cruise, and we'll just restock those ducks. So this is this is a win win win. It, it is it is inevitable. Like easy come, easy go, and they, 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 right. those will be replaced quickly. Um, the contract I mean, the whole, is in the post. The whole <laughs> the the whole uh, the duck thing started the New Year's Eve of 2019 into 2020. So just before. The world went to shit and we were locally just at some bar with friends that own a restaurant in town, but we were at a different establishment and there was a duck claw machine there that she just kept, you know, we were up at kind of like there were four of us at the corner of a bar and hanging out. And then every so often she'd disappear and she'd come back with more ducks and come back with more <laughs> ducks. And this particular machine was filled with ducks that were the different colors that associated with a NFL American football team, and then mm -hmm. it would have the logo on it. Yeah. So now it becomes a collection, a scavenger hunt. Which one am I missing? Can I go get yeah. it? Um, and that's how they get you. They know like, what they're doing. They, so, the, cool yeah, circling yeah. back to that theme of the, these scams to just get you to keep coming back in and giving <laughs> money. The duck claw machine is, is no different. Definitely yeah. on a smaller Organized. scale. Organized by the same people who set up that 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 um, test for Brogan, I think. Yeah, clearly. So what I'm hearing is, if we see any claw machines in Vegas that we want a prize from, your wife is the person to call. I don't know that she's. I think it's, she's determined. Specifically with the duck claw machines, like let's put it this way: if for whatever reason you were Brogan were to be in Vegas and be walking through the Rio, and all of a sudden. There was a, a duck claw machine and buried midway near the bottom, there was one that looked like Teller. You yeah. could you could commandeer my wife and you know, you might throw a hundred bucks at it because time and you gotta get all the ducks that are on top of Teller of out of there. Um she 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 would commit. She she would uh she is I don't know that she's familiar with the term commitment, but when it comes to <laughs> finding a specific duck in that claw machine, she definitely gets it in her heart. I've never wanted anything so badly in my life as Penn and Teller ducks. Wonder if they exist. I've, that, I I I I've seen Penn and Teller ducks, I'm sure of it. Shut up. You know those like collector ducks? The I don't know if they're things. the exact same. Um I think it might have been someone rendered them is what it was. Ah. Like they, they don't exist. Um like how you people the make their own pop vinyls. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a they little need bit, pop finals as well. That's a little bit more difficult of a task than making the tarot cards a reality. That 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 very much the resources are there to, you know, will it into existence, which of course we mm. did. Um, but the ducks, that's that's a different level of where do you even get a duck made? Um, yeah. What are they called? Um, these ducks, collectible tubs. pop vinyl ducks, tubs. Yeah, 
Pen Teller Tubs. Just doing some Google foo. No, they don't exist. No. I, I have looked because I've seen yet. I have mm. seen where you can make your own personal Funko Pops. Yeah. And I'm like, do they have the facilities like Teller? No, they do not, is the answer. Come on. I think. Like, <laughs> so the make your own, is that is the engine to set that up not upload art it's more like when you're in a video game let's say like a skyrim of like which which hair and how squishy do you want the face to be and how big do you want the eyes to be and you have to sit within their with their yeah. construct and sometimes you can get close to something and sometimes it's just mm. whatever yeah it's well, the kind of thing i if i really want it i'll have to commission somebody on etsy to do it maybe cedar i tell, you, I, so I tell you what i it, when i'm in la Mm-hmm. Undisclosed, in undisclosed time um <laughs> the funko store is there i mm-hmm. i tried to go there but they are only open like three days a week or something man don't get me started with some of these stores in in american times of opening I, I i could not wrap my head around it um but they have the facilities to create your own funko pops and i will go i i will facetime you or whatever and say all right Tell me which hair you think looks best on this pop vinyl for Teller. Tell me which eyes you think look best. Tell me what else you want on this. And I'm surprised that works, they don't have their own actual licensed Funko Pops yet. I mean, they have everything I'm else. very surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, the fact that there's not a magic line for Funko like a David Copperfield one or like Siegfried and Roy because you could get the mini tigers to go with the, it. The little Montecore. <laughs> yeah. It like just attaches got... onto onto his face. Yeah, the best we've got are the Simpsons figures. I, yeah. I endorse that idea because as somebody who, in a very part-time basis, I guess it would be fair to describe this as runs a magic venue. Mm. I don't know that that really rises to that level, but you know what I mean. We have these monthly shows here. I often talk to people who love the idea of what we're doing. Uh, and and then we have the conversation, you know, because the struggle is always making sure that we fill all the seats. And it's less of a money thing, although the performers are generally paid a percentage of the door. So for them, it's definitely a money thing. But you want all of those seats filled. And we've had fantastic performers in there, not the least of which being the very real Matt Donnelly. Um, but others that when the seats are not filled, I'm sitting there being like and, and watching the performer and seeing how great they are being like, y'all fucked up. You know, but the biggest problem and where that comes is, is that there are preconceptions of what a magician is and they're a little different for everybody. Some people think that they're just for kids or they're thinking of birthday party magicians or or whatever it might be. And there's not really, you know, there's so much noise in the world now as far as getting ideas out there and what's going on with social media and the Internet that conveying a concise message is difficult. And I tell people all the time, I said, look, if we were to walk up and down the street you know, and and poll 10 people, poll 100 people about, you know, name me a magician that's not David Copperfield or Penn and Teller. Um, they, what are they going to tell us? You know, maybe they know who Piff is. They're not going to know who Matt King is, most likely, uh, as great as he is. They're just, he's not a everyday on the street name, unless you're in mm-hmm. the world. If you're in the world, you know who the hell he is. Of course you do. Oh, yeah. So, Something like a Funko Pop line would be fantastic. Something like, I don't know, somebody developing tarot cards with pictures and illustrations of a bunch of famous magicians would be great. Uh, hell, there's even an R.J. Owens card in one of those, um, <laughs> which which I used uh, last Thursday as a moment to plug his show. <laughs> Um, you know, as I'm, as I'm flipping through these, oh yeah, there's plenty of people in here that you might recognize, you know, Penn and Teller, Piff the Magic Dragon. Oh, here's a, oh, Matt, Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler. Have you guys heard of him? This is me opening for Matt doing this little, little bit. And then I'm like, oh, this one here, everybody's got to know about this one. This is our May performer. So I literally in the middle of my performance, have an aside that is like one of your, your little unannounced ad breaks in my in my magic show and i'm like here this one this is may you need to buy these tickets before you leave here today because they're going to go fast um you know and the tough thing with rj is he's not full-time doing magic so you can't it is difficult to even hop onto youtube and find performance videos of rj because they just don't exist no matter and and that is no reflection on the level of performer that he is because he's been locked up in the golden handcuffs for 12 11 or 12 years 
as as baby francois over there kicking ass uh on the on the mystere stage yeah that that gigantic snail drives a hard whip a uh, lot of constraints trains I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that giant snail but that's for my own um issues not to do with the hard bargain it, it runs <laughs> little little, uh, little wane trauma there yeah <laughs> i i i almost touched a slug nut last night and it was not good it was not good you almost almost it was coming right at me Uh, i was sitting on a wall and uh, this was at this is in uh in joondalup near the old tafe that i used to go to so uh for those listening at home it was in a suburb of western australia at a college that i used to go to um, and we're sitting on a wall, there's like big lake area, fountains and shit, and it's like 10 o'clock at night, and um, th- all of a sudden I see this weird thing next to me, and it was the slug. And I try, I, I don't know, I deleted the photos because I didn't even want it on my phone, and I think the slug had two heads. <laughs> it was the, it's coming right for me. I mean, a very South Park line anyway, but you know. It, it wouldn't turn around. They don't move that fast. How did you know it was moving? I was sat there. It wasn't there when I sat down. Sure, it was dark. Oh, Wayne, maybe you didn't see it. No, that's not the case. It just wasn't there. So it had to make its way up this wall. And it's not just a wall. It's like a a step where you're meant to sit and then the wall. So it, unless it fell out of a tree, I guess that's possible. Hmm. So here's here's my recommendation for you. And I'm I'm not going to connect all the dots here, but. Okay. When you were in Vegas and you were hanging out with one of your many magic friends, if you have the opportunity to say, hey, can you teach me a trick? The trick that you need to request to be taught is a salt pour. <laughs> and it may come in handy in more ways than you know. I don't want to hurt the slug. I'm I just not connecting all me. of the dots for you. <laughs> I'm suggesting just nothing. Just it might be a good trick to start with. There, there are some yeah. very fundamental magical principles that exist within that routine. It may be a good one to start with. <laughs> So the problem I have is, though, that's I am connecting the dots. The problem I have is when I do pour the salt onto the slug, now I don't know because I don't remember if I meant to pick up the salted slug with my right hand and throw it over my left shoulder or pick it up with my left hand and throw it over my right shoulder. So that would be troublesome. You and the Australian fucking wildlife. I, I don't get it. There were also ducks at this place, right? And... As a kid, everything I was comes taught, back to ducks. <laughs> I was taught, I was taught that ducks, sure, they eat stale bread that you feed them, but they also eat slugs. None of these ducks came to my rescue. Uh, they were just watching you. Maybe they they thought you were a giant duck. It's like, nah, duck. this giant duck's got it. Why? What? <laughs> what? What is duck like of me besides my big yellow bill? I. I'm- <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that you look like a duck. I'm saying like the same way that cats just think we're giant kittens or giant cats. Oh, okay. You All know, right. like no, that's okay. that's a weird looking duck, but it's giant, so it must, <laughs> yeah, it knows what's going on. Oh, what I'm hearing is I am the king duck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. King. All right. King of the ducks. Cool. Yep. Uh, so how 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 often are you not at home doing endeavors? Ah, uh, it it really. It varies, but I would say that there's very rarely a two-month consecutive span in which I am not on an airplane at one point in time. Really? That's a fair bit. Then are you are you uh, venturing out by yourself, or does the family come along, or do you try to work that, or is it just this is this is work, so I'm gonna it, go and do it? it? It's a mixed bag. I I if I can, I will blend the 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 pleasure into business and and vice versa there have been business trips that i've taken um you know a couple years ago we were we were doing some nfl stuff down in orlando and our our meetings with players was done by like 10 a.m and i went to my partner and i was like bro we gotta go to disney world let's go we got the rest of the day there's nothing better to do so there's no shortage (laughs) of no choice yeah and and i'm always like when i will go someplace that is new to me you know, explore out, you know, I'm there for a certain purpose, but you're not doing whatever you're doing 24 hours a day while you're there. So what else can we kind of get ourselves into while we're here? What cool things are here? Is there a magic shop? 
is there a magic theater? Is there whatever? Um, so that that kind of I definitely blend the lines together as much as I possibly can. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, just kind of give you an example. Um, going on this cruise today, that's seven days. I come back early March. Um, I leave for Vegas end of March into early April. Then I'm home. And then let's see, I land, I get home uh, the 3rd of April. And then I fly back to Vegas on the 23rd of April. Um, And then uh, I don't think I'm back in Vegas till August, at least planned right now. But that's not Vegas isn't the only place I go. That's just a place that for a variety of reasons, I'm there numerous times a year probably i'd say the average is probably like eight or nine uh for various reasons many of them magic but you know it's it's there we're i guess technically the last week of july is a travel week for me but it's kind of localish because matt and i are doing shows that run from dc up through pennsylvania north of philly uh, but the, we're working on, we've got a few of the shows locked down um, in in the New England area uh, for the end of June. I have not determined, it's too early for me to determine whether I'm going to fly up there or uh, I got to figure out where, what he did with his card stab table after the Red Bank mm-hmm. shows. Um, yeah. Because it's always, so we've had Matt out twice to Elton. And it's always the, hey, can you make me another one of those tables? Because that does not travel well. Um, you yeah. know, it's a it's a, like a three foot tall wooden table and it's got to be a certain, of wood. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a certain. To be right. Yeah. That, that knife has to stick into it. Um, and, you know, so I've, I've made two of those so far. So I'm trying to figure out, hey, am I going to make one down here? Did you, you know, does. Does America's favorite public defender have it? And I need to roll through mm. Jersey, which would actually be on the way. So it would not be super out of the way if I were to, you know, because we're doing right now, there are two shows that are set. My goal is to put at least five of them on the calendar in in a basically a long weekend, maybe like a Wednesday mm. through Sunday. So to drive up there and then not have to rent a car to get from place to place, because we'll be going from Maine to um schenectady new york which is a city not far outside of albany which is the capital of new york um and and probably try to hit vermont and new hampshire you know try to hit as many states as we can and uh you know having that with me having that with us is we're not going to make a a new table in every city that's for sure i i think i think it comes down to the very real matt donnelly just being lazy and not willing to learn a new skill and making his own tables well, it's not the making the table, although the table that he's got in Vegas, which I believe is actually in um, probably somewhere between Indianapolis and Akron, Ohio right now because of the Fuller's Live Tour. I believe Jacob made yeah. that one. And yeah. Yeah. wouldn't surprise me. I, I have not seen that table in person, but I would imagine that its construction value is much better than mine. Um, <laughs> but the other benefit now that now that we're having this conversation, because I didn't think this all through before, if I if if. America's favorite public defender does have the table and I drive up there in June, pick that up and we use that. I then can drive that home and have that same table for the 10 day run that we have in July. So now I need to inquire about where that table went because it's also very possible that he just left it there in Red Bank. So, you know, worst case scenario, I make another one. It was, I don't know. It'll be my third one now. This one might be even better than before. Yeah, um, you know what you're doing now. You, you've you've got the I, practice in. I mean, it's no. I haven't made ten thousand tables, but we're getting closer. Mm. We're getting closer. But has it been ten thousand hours worth of making tables? I'd say it might be somewhere around an hour and a half now, because making the okay. second one definitely t- took less time than the first one. Um, it, it, so yeah. I, what I'm hearing is by the time you get up to like the 10th or third table, you'll be able to knock them out in about mm, 14 and a half seconds using that <laughs> decreasing scale of speed. I, I definitely think there's a stopping point in there, which it does not continue oh, okay. to uh, to increase I'm or not, decrease. I'm, I, I, I'm not a physicist or construction artist or nothing. So, I, 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 yeah, you might be right. 
Yeah, I, I'm but sure. I do believe, that, but... uh, <laughs> Rogan, I do believe physicists are saying, what are they saying? Time does not exist. Yeah, there we, we go. Mm. <laughs> so what you're I saying still think that should be a t-shirt. is that if I have to make another table in June, it's already done? Yes. That, that, that. See, you, yeah, that's, my mind is, uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I can't, I'm just gone. Nothing left. The end of show, That feels I like a question that only Paul Mattingly could answer. Well, Matt can yeah, answer you know, it too, because if uh, <laughs> if America's favorite public... Why is that such a tongue twister? <laughs> Dave Donnelly, America's favorite if, if public If Dave defender. Donnelly has that table, then yes, it's already made. <laughs> this is, this is uh, I think, therefore I am kind of sounding. It's like, <laughs> if, if Dave Donnelly has it, then it is made. If he has it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choking to death. Um so what I, I, I have heard in passing um, on other podcasts and stuff about, I, I don't know, I don't know if you, what you can talk about, but what it is that you do NFL wise, what exactly it is. Um, yeah. So I am a licensed certified NFL agent, which basically means there are rules within the NFL because it's also a cash grab like everything else in the world. We've got a theme mm. and we're sticking to it today. So you are Ducks. not, if you are not a certified NFL agent or a player themselves, you cannot negotiate a contract with an NFL team. That NFL okay. team will get fined a ton of money. It's not worth it. So players are welcome to represent themselves. It's a foolish idea. Uh, yeah. Or they have to have a certified contract advisor, which is what the the technical title is. Uh, so... There's John, about 800 Johnny Football. Them. So Johnny Football can't just get his friend Greg around the corner to come and represent him to try and negotiate unless Greg is certified. Correct. Yeah. And that, okay. that comes to the tune of once you are, it is, it is fairly expensive to become a certified NFL agent, but then mm. each year you renew, it costs you another 1500 bucks to the players association, another thousand or so dollars in insurance premiums for liability insurance and it's it's a money racket very much so and um so basically the 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 most basic level of what we do is we recruit players and when i say we it's i'm speaking both as as any other contract advisor that exists out there but also there's a group that i work with um which has grown in this past year uh where we will be in touch with players that are in college playing football that we believe whether that be through our own observation or through talking to NFL scouts that this player has a chance of making it onto an NFL team and we will recruit them and try to get them to hire us to represent them we make sure that the training that they do another crap cash grab <laughs> we we will spend money sending these cats to a training facility for eight to 10 weeks between the end of their college career and before the next couple, well, next week is when these start these pro days um, where each of their schools will invite in the NFL scouts. It's a certain day. They run all the, what we call the underwear Olympics because they strip down into basically their, their underwear and they will run, you know, a 40 yard dash and it'll be timed and they'll do these other agility drills They'll they'll just run around the field having balls thrown at them, and it's a little bit different depending on which position they're in uh, yeah. or or intend to play. And then the draft is the last weekend of April, generally, and it is again this this year. Um, not not in Vegas this year. I don't. It is think, not is in it? Vegas this year. The yeah, my actually my limited attendance at scoop fest 2022 was largely in part to the nfl draft which was the primary reason that i was in vegas um this year i've uh, since we've grown the group i'm going to be in vegas again doing magic stuff and i'm not going to be at the draft this year mm. i'm just going to get blown up all day with text messages so and so is is got drafted here and such such team is interested in so and so and because what happens is you know whatever he sees on tv are if, if should you choose to watch it and i don't know that anybody that's not in the business watches the later rounds most people will watch like mm -hmm. that first round that's televised on thursday night or whatever um super exciting tv um 
but they they monetize it and they put a bunch of commercials yeah. on it and people watch it um but after the there's seven rounds of the draft which basically there's a pecking order the teams get to pick of the remaining players and then they are basically it takes a signature but they're basically under contract with that team yeah um yeah. only not only because they can't go play anywhere else if they get drafted with a team and as of the last collective bargaining agreement, which is basically the the governing between players in the league, every single draft pick as a rookie is slotted an amount of money. So it's not even like, hey, I, I want an extra million dollars to come play for you. No, you're getting the amount of money that corresponds with your draft slot. So you can the only thing that you could do is kind of negotiate around hey i want more of the money up front i want more of the money on the yeah. back end i want it in year two you can do that kind of stuff but for the most part there's not a ton of negotiating really what we do in those first contracts is just pump our guys to the teams and try to you know evaluate and then the process after that is we're constantly tracking the rosters of every nfl team whether they've shown interest in our player or not and the depth at that particular position that way as we get into the sixth round teams who are interested in our players that might not get drafted start calling say hey is there interest is he here you know who else is calling about him do you think he's going to get drafted and typically as we get into the middle of the seventh round which is the last round this is such exciting podcasting to the the number (laughs) of 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 sports ball listeners that I know that you guys must have um, because I understand the, 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 a lot of the progeny of your, of your listenership has to come from the, you know, the ICS crowd, but um, from you know, the there's daddies, probably yes. one or two who give a shit, right? So here you go behind the scenes. We pretty much know, Hey, if my guy does not get drafted, this is by like the middle of the seventh round. If this guy does not get drafted, we're going to sign him with that team. And, you know, they, so it's they, like a, if we're not married by we're like 35, it is exactly me, that. Just do it. Yep. <laughs> it is exactly that. So, and what happens in the NFL is when they, by the end of that weekend, and when I say end of that weekend, I mean like within three hours of the end of the draft, each mm-hmm. of those teams' rosters, is 90 players. And by the time that the NFL season starts, either in late August or September, depending on how the the schedule falls, uh, they are down to 53, soon to be 55 players. So a lot of those people get cut. They have this, this, um, I don't know what other sports would call it, but they have a a cadre of players that are on what they call the practice squad. That number fluctuates because of the, their, their, it was expanded in the COVID years and, and we're still not certain whether that's going to be expanded or not, but there's a a number of players who are making less money that are not on the official team, but they are locked down by the team. Basically they practice with them. If somebody's injured or gets COVID, which is less and less of a thing, um, then they get elevated before the game week. So um, overall of the original 90 players, um, about 70, her team are making some money with that team throughout yeah. the year. So has with... anybody? No, you go. Has anybody ever been drafted to a team and they're like, I don't want to play for that team, like unwillingly drafted? So there not only has been that, but there has been controversy um, where ahead of the draft, the so if you go back to. Um, I don't remember what year it is, but Matt Donnelly certainly would. Uh, Eli Manning, who was the uh, the younger brother of the great Peyton Manning. And Eli was all right himself. Uh, I don't know that he's going to make the Hall of Fame, but he's won two Super Bowls thanks to the New England Patriots and people catching footballs with their helmet. Um, he was that year, I want to say it was like 04 or 07, something like that. Again, Matt would probably know with, with instant recall as a Giants fan. He was projected to be the first pick of the NFL draft. And that year, the uh, San Diego charge, then San Diego chargers had the first pick in the draft. And for whatever reason, he was like, fuck no, if you draft me, I'm not playing there. So an arrangement was, but, but still had this diva mentality of, I want to be the first pick of the draft. So somehow orchestrated a trade between the giants and the chargers of that draft pick 
to make sure that he went somewhere that he wanted to go. Yeah, yeah it was some shit. Um, <laughs> because yeah, typically, th- first draft pick is like the worst performing team from the previous season. Is that right? Or yes. something along those lines? Unless yeah. trades have been made, that is the convention. In fact, it mm-hmm. is... The the Super Bowl winner, I think I could say that word, and if not, it, you guys will get in trouble, not me. Um, <laughs> the big game. The big game the, winner. The, the winner of the big game will get the 32nd pick in the next year's draft, which is 32 yeah. teams, so the last pick. The runner-up, so the Philadelphia Eagles, will have pick 31, so on and so forth. The yep. worst team in the league the previous year, which I believe is the Chicago Bears this year, get the first pick. Unless, of course, they've made trades and everything like that, which happens far more than you would probably imagine. Um, And they will trade picks two years from now. So, like, you'll see – and as it gets closer to the draft, you'll see more of this where, you know, so-and-so has been traded to that team for – you know, a first round pick from this year and a second round pick from that year. So there are draft picks in the future that have already moved. So so it's not just based trading. Trading draft picks isn't based on incoming group of guys who you might want to pick. It's just for the sake of having a next year draft pick, uh, even though it's not the upcoming season. And Joe Football, who's the number one prospect. Sure, we're not getting him this year, but who knows who it's going to be next year kind of thing. Yeah, and it's a and it's a bit of a crapshoot because you're <laughs> the better that the team that you trade with does in the future, the worse your the worse your bargain gets. So mm-hmm. you know, there's Baltimore's quarterback Lamar Jackson is in the last. His contract is technically up, and I'm not going to get too much in the weeds here, but the the Baltimore Ravens, the team he plays for, have the ability to basically lock him down for at least one more year, really two, but that gets a little you know, antsy. It it is rumored that, and there's so many rumors surrounding this because he's a player who has not signed a contract. He also does not have an agent. So that complicates Uh. matters more. Um, It is rumored that they may lock him down or, or, or give him what they call the franchise tag for another season. And, and they basically, that, that gives a team the ability to force a contract on the player. Uh, for one more year. And there are certain timeframes yeah. in which they can do that and other timeframes that they can't. Again, we're not going to get into the details. They get good money. They take the top five players' contracts for that year at that position and average them, and that's what the guy makes. So he probably makes okay. more money. I mean, he'll he'll make more money than, let's see, 32 minus 5 is 27. He'll make more money than 27 other players at that position that year. So it's not... Um, it's not the worst thing to happen, yeah. but the, it's rumored that they will trade him to another team that he would be a fit at. Well, if he does well at that other team and, and that trade includes draft picks, the bargain gets worse for the Ravens. If he goes there and lays an egg, the 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 bargain gets better for the Ravens if that team is bad and stays bad. So it's there's a lot. It's very dynamic um, and it's all over the place. Did you specifically say lays an egg because ducks? Well, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, let's let's get a couple themes here, which we've done, and <laughs> let's lean into them. Uh, I have another question about um, wages, etc., for NFL players. Um, so, as far as I'm led to believe, in my limited knowledge of the NFL, players have shorter careers in the NFL as opposed to other sports due to the NBL, be it because of injuries, longevity, things like that. Is that true or is that not really? The I mean, average, let's forget Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, Tom Brady is a, is is an element that probably skews this average, although mm. not much because there's about 2,000 players in the NFL at any given time. Mm. Um, he He's a, obviously an outlier, and I believe that he's truly retired this time because he's actually filed the paperwork. But the average career span of an NFL player is about two and a half seasons. And I don't know because I did not make that number. That's the number that's floated around. I don't know if that includes, you know, I mentioned how the rosters start with 90 players Mm -hmm. and get cut down to 55 or 53, depending on the, you know, we're, we're, I think it's next year that it goes to 55, but whatever. If those players never play again, is is there are they part of that average at zero skewing it yeah yeah so yeah. i don't that i don't know 
Um, I will tell you that there are not, again, he's, he's widely an outlier, um, yeah. Tom Brady. I will say that quarterbacks that are good generally tend to have longer careers because the league is more and more set up to protect those players. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there are a handful of positions like kickers, long snappers um, that, that are in very low contact positions that tend to have longer careers. Those, those players, if they're serviceable, will have 10 and 12 year careers. Um, and it just gets to the, like some of those positions, the more benign position, like the long snapper, which if you don't know, which for the for the casual or not so casual fan or not fan at all, you will have no idea who this person is. But when when a team is is kicking either a field goal or an extra point. The, the guy that takes the ball from the ground and flips it back to whoever's holding that or, or when they're punting the ball, um, uh, that's the long snapper. He is not the same okay. guy that snaps the ball to the quarterback uh, because yeah. it's a different, it's a different, it's a different move. It, um, it's longer. Yes. But it is, it is, it, it's a skill set that is in and of itself. Uh, the, what happens is, is that there is a league minimum contract that goes up every year that you are not only every year it goes up but every year that you are in the league it's kind of like if you work for in the states i don't know if this exists where you guys are but if you work for a government agency there tends to be just like a pay scale okay you're at level six and you've Mm -hmm. been here for five years so this is what you get paid uh it kind of works that way so those guys that are not they're important players but they are not particularly dynamic players. Once they get up there in that pay scale, they don't. It's it's a position that they don't want to be paying a guy two million dollars a year to do. So yeah. there, there's a natural kind of cutoff which fluctuates in that twelve to fourteen year range where those guys end up just getting cut because the the teams are only allowed to spend a certain amount of money every year on their yep. roster wage caps. Yeah. So that guy gets cut because or or gets forced into retirement which look at at a million plus a year over a 10 12 year career when you are at the probably the third least likely to be injured by contact position and then a bad gig and once you retire you've got medical for life and and things like that so you know it's uh and you know and there's a retirement plan and pension plan and all that kind of stuff so i'd say that'd be you know that's the sweet spot there (laughs) yeah so would nfl uh would the wages be higher or lower or on par with other sports say nbl nba sorry nbl Um, local basketball I mean, there's vast differences. Like if you look at Major League Baseball, one of the biggest differences between Major League Baseball is that those contracts are fully guaranteed for everybody. So if you were to see a player sign a 10-year, $200 million contract, and then he were to suffer a career-ending injury the next week, that team's paying him. Uh, Yes, I've heard this actual story, I think. Uh, And there's also other stories where like players and teams will, because of cash flow, will work out contracts where, Mm. uh, hey, we're going to pay you X amount of money. But this chunk of it, you know, let's say it's a $200 million contract. We're going to pay you, you know, $100 million over this span of time which is what we, you know, the, the term of the contract itself, you know, you're locked down with the team for X number of years. Uh, but this chunk, this other hundred million, we're going to pay you $2 million a year or, you know, for the next 50 years or whatever it is. So there's yep. a guy, uh, Bobby Benia, who had one of these contracts with the New York Mets, who July 1st of every year, it, you may see this circulating in the internet, <laughs> at least you will in the States, uh, is Bobby Bonilla day because he's getting yep. some jingle in his coffers from the New York Mets <laughs> for a game that he hasn't played in, I want to say 20 years, um, because that's how he structured the contract. And that's they, crazy. you know, I, I think there's still probably like five years left on that deal. Really? So, wow. you know, he's not, and, and, and it's a, just a deferred payments sort of situation. So yep. uh, it helps the team with cash flow. Not that these guys don't have gobs of yeah. money, especially in major markets like New York, but um, you know, then they don't have a salary cap. The, the NBA not only has a salary cap for the team, but they also have um, a maximum payout per player per year. 
Like you, it would make no sense in the NFL to pay one play one pay one player. We can do this. Um, you know, 50% of that year's salary cap, you wouldn't have a team around that player, but you contractually could without penalty, um, at least from the league. In practicality, you have a shit team, but... um, Can't you go over wage caps and just get fined? You can in the NBA... And in the in and in the major in major league baseball, they have something called a luxury tax. So they take the average. I think it's and I don't know because I'm not I'm not an agent in any yeah. of these other sports. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're just talking off right. the cuff. They they take. Uh, or I'm just saying for you know for the fact checkers out there, I may be very imprecise <laughs> in saying this. There there's kind of a high low. And if you spend over that high number, and I think it's derived based on the average amount that each team spends, I could be wrong, then some of that that money that you spend, you basically get taxed that by the league and it gets redistributed to some of the, the yeah. what generally end up being smaller market teams because a lot of the say, money- You can say that they're shit, they're shit teams. Yeah. Well, it's not just that they're shit teams- it, there are there is an element in all of these leagues where the ownership and the the upper management is complete trash and that resonates through you know there are teams that stay mm-hmm. near the bottom because they're being run poorly and that exists in all the yeah. leagues i believe but there are also a lot of the more of the money comes from advertising revenue in any of these sports than anywhere else. The money does not come from ticket sales. In fact, no. the, you know, they they made they probably profited more money in the COVID year that they didn't have fans in the stands than they did yeah. in other years because they lose money running those that, that part of the operation. Like, you know, some of these teams and it varies greatly by market, it varies greatly by the popularity of the team, but some of these teams We'll practically give tickets away to get you to come mm-hmm. in and spend money on concessions and be there. Um, yeah. The money comes from ad dollars. So, uh, you know, the the big cities, the New York, the Chicago, Los Angeles, they're making money on their 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 TV network and the advertising yeah. that they sell on their TV network. And, you know, it's sports in, in America tend to be a place where you have greatly captive audiences. So what I would spend, and I don't do this type of advertising, but if I were to advertise on television, what it would cost me to spend on an ad during a baseball game or a football game is substantially different than just some other random TV program. Yeah, of course. You know, like if I wanted to roll out and, and, and play pay for, if I wanted to go and advertise on what's that show on the CW Chris angels shit show. (laughs) And I feel bad for Lance. uh, What's it called? Is that, is that it? Is that the official Uh, name? official title. I believe. Um, They might pay me to put ads on that program. And Mm. You know, and it's all based on rating and ratings and how many, you know, how many people are watching it. But, you know, so there's there you're paying for eyeballs. So if you've got a city like New York that has tens of millions of eyeballs watching versus uh, a smaller city like Seattle, Washington, you know, there's there's less people in Seattle. So there's less Mm -hmm. people watching the Mariners play on TV than the Yankees or the Mets. So that money goes into the coffers of the owners and the teams, because usually those owners own the TV networks as well. And then they've got more funny money to play with. And then it also comes into demographics of wage and living class, because not all sports are shown on free to air TV. You've got people who can and can't afford cable channels and things like that. So less advertising in these smaller teams, I imagine is going to be a big factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing is, is that the U.S. is so screwed up um, that what each what? yeah each state is is different in the way. So you get taxed here income tax by the state and by the federal government. And the federal yeah. government's the same across the board, but each state has different ways that they generate revenue. And states mm-hmm. like Florida and Texas and Nevada do not have state income tax for individuals. So okay. if you are somebody like like the LeBron, the LeBron James controversy from years ago where he did that big special where he was saying what team he was going to go to if you're if you're signing a, a 100 million dollar plus contract and you and you're going to want to do that most likely in a state where there's one less tax 
with that money yeah, coming out. Of course. Um, mm. But also cost of living is different state by state. Yep. And, you know, it's Speaking a big of taxes. <laughs> Speaking of taxes, as a local resident in America, in the United States, sales tax, right? I kind of <laughs> felt it like this was going to come. It the shit out of us. <laughs> So it's, uh, oh, just like that. It's, uh, so let me break it down for you in a way that you'll understand no more now than you did before. Um, there are some States where there is no sales tax. So Delaware, which is my neighbor to the East, no sales tax, New Hampshire, which is up in new England near the parts of New Hampshire border, Canada, uh, no sales tax. There are states like New York and Illinois, which is where Chicago is. Say it, Brogan. Chicago. Um, where the the sales tax is there's there's a certain element of the sales tax that goes to the state, and then there's a certain element of the sales tax which goes to the county, and which I think is the case anywhere that has sales tax, but those states, and I know that there are others, those are just two that I'm that I'm 100% certain do this, where each county can determine that portion of the sales tax. So in, in Illinois, if you are in one of the more Western counties, the sales tax might be like six and a half percent. But if you are in Cook County, which is where Chicago is, I think the sales tax is like nine or 10% because that county has jacked up the sales tax. So you literally could be, and and Nevada might be one of these states where the sales tax is whatever in Clark County, and it might be a little less in the outskirt counties. Um, So it's a real real shit show. And uh, it's not the same. You and and I mean we like I'm not gonna lie, it's and there's nothing to hide from it. It's it's very commonplace. As close as I live to a state that has no sales tax, if I am buying something like and, and these are this used to be the example, but they're now they're like a dime a dozen. But if I were gonna buy, you know, some expensive electronics that used to be a TV, but now they're cheap as shit. But like PlayStation Five, PlayStation Five, I'm gonna drive. To, number one, I'm in a kind of a rural area where there's not really an electronics store that I would buy a PlayStation Five. But you're damn right, I'm gonna pay six percent less to go over to Delaware and and not pay the sales tax on it. But how much fuel are you paying for driving over there? No, that... I have an electric vehicle, so I don't pay for oh, fuel. <laughs> damn. Win yes. win. Yeah. Yes. The, the 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 license plate that I sent some time ago, that is a currently yes. a double entendre. Not only do I do magic, the license plate being tricky for those who don't um that don't recall or or are not connecting those dots, it's an electric vehicle. <laughs> So that's that's the, oh, the okay. second meaning yep. of tricky yep. there. And yeah. you know, the the joke that my wife hates is should times get tough financially, it could be a triple entendre. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh I I feel an unscheduled, unannounced ad break coming on, which is kind of weird because it's meant to be unannounced and unscheduled, but um there's a record scratch dropping in right. Oh no, this is not a, this is not an ad what you think it's for. This is an ad for <laughs> go out and buy yourself an electric vehicle. It is the way for you to circumvent sales tax in your local state and or county. <laughs> I always ask to buy an electric vehicle and they always quote me and it's like twice as much as the car I'm buying. I'm like, I want it, but not that much. See, I don't think electric vehicles are the way to go. I think hybrids seem more economical and more friendly to the planet. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't understand the science of that, but I I will tell you my story for how I ended up with an electric vehicle almost two years ago. And I had uh, a larger SUV, not a huge SUV, but it had three rows of seats and it was a Honda Pilot, which is, which is kind of a mid mid range sort of, you know, normal person, not not a luxury vehicle by any means. Um, very nice, very serviceable. And I had an issue with the transmission and the transmission had to be replaced and it was under warranty. And I was, and it got all taken care of, but I was kind of weary and hesitant about keeping this vehicle for much longer yeah. because warranty work. They're not getting paid the normal price that if they were, 
gashing me for cash that I would have to pay. So whether it's true or not, I kind of had this thought in my mind that maybe I didn't get the greatest work and I've got 15,000 miles left on this warranty, which means I've got 15,000 miles to get rid of this vehicle. And I had no particular problem with Honda. So one of the first places that I looked was to go back to Honda and replace the vehicle with another newer Honda. And the price on those vehicles between the time that I had purchased it probably four or five years before and what it was now had jumped up so, so much. Wow. And I was like, this is this is like in luxury automobile level. So mm. the the in and, and vehicles are something that I have a problem paying a lot of money for. Like it's just some things I don't mind paying a shit ton of money for. Other things I'm like, why would I pay that much money for that? Um, you know, and I, I think everybody has their own value system in that regard of what they're willing to pay exorbitant amounts of money for compared to other things. So I ended up circling back around to the vehicle that I originally started to look at and the prices were too high for me to stomach um, being Volvos um, back when I first bought the Pilot. The price on the Volvos had not risen the same way that the Pilots had. In fact, the, the price to buy a comparable Volvo was very close to the cost of the Honda Pilot. And I'm like, yep. okay, so I'm going to buy one of these most likely. So I'm test driving them and and not even like I've always had interest in EVs since they first came out. But my concern is that sometimes I travel I had at the time and I've, I'm in the process of shutting one of these down. I had two offices and they're about an hour apart. So one of my prerequisites to purchasing an electric vehicle was I needed to be able to get from one office to the other and back on a single charge. Yeah. Yep. So now when they first came out, the, the, they had like, you could get like 75 miles on a full charge, which was, which would have gotten me there, but not back. Um, not all the way back. Now you could get two, three, 400 miles on a single charge. So they're becoming much, much more viable. So the, the pricing was about the same for this vehicle. Plus I wasn't going to pay for gas. And then there was, and I don't know if any of this exists where you are, Brogan, but then they also have this tax rebate where if I buy one, they were going to give me, when I did my taxes, they were going to refund me $7,500. So it actually made that buying the 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 quote unquote luxury electric vehicle less expensive than to go out and buy you know replace what i had with with a newer version of what i had so yeah. not only do i not pay for gas there's no oil in it so there are no oil mm. changes there's really none of that like other than wiper blades and brakes and tires there's no like routine replaceable maintenance so overall it's a ton cheaper and, you know, it was funny because, I don't know, five, six months ago when people were losing their mind over gas prices, I'm like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Speak to your local Volvo dealer today and get a good deal. Uh, and uh, don't forget to ask them about that up to $7,500 cash rebate. Anyway, we should probably get back to the, the regular show. Uh, it was a Volvo that you said before in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, good. Yes, I didn't, I didn't want to have to re-record that, um, yeah, like go to a Honda dealer. <laughs> So, um, getting close to the end of this episode, uh, Jobeth, uh, have you got time to hang around for another recording or do you have to get ready to go um, C-bound? I have time. Um, okay. Yeah, why not? Cool. All right. Well, we can probably uh, hit on some other, because like, we need, as, as usual, guest in studio, virtual studio, Plan goes out the window. We just talk, whatever. But I, I, I think next episode we want to hit some art talk at the very least. Yeah. Um. But uh, again, uh, please pl plug anything you would like to, whether it's the podcast, shows upcoming. Yeah. Whatever. Why? Go why not? It. Um. So my shows all get updated at judgmentalist.com. There are. Also, I had mentioned that the the two runs in short succession of shows that I will be doing with the Mind Noodler, I, these are not all announced yet. So they're not on mindnoodler.com, at least not last time I checked. Uh, but it is, I think that, that my web guy makes it pretty clear if I'm doing a show with somebody else, who they are on there. Um, it's also the way to get the secret before they actually go on sale to the general public access to any of the Elton Magic shows, mm. 
because they all get listed on the judgmentalist.com website. So if you are sneaky, sneaky and want to know, like I had somebody that was on my website and sent me a message and was like, Hey, I'm seeing the RJ show on your website, but it hasn't been announced yet. Can I buy those tickets? I'm like, you sure can. You, uh, you found the Easter egg. So, um, so we sold those, we, we sold a handful of tickets to RJ's show before it even became public, um, which is cool. So for the most part, as they get booked and I'm not going to put anything out there for anybody, but Diddleman's coming in July. <laughs> um, so the, 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 not yet on the website, but will be probably not by the time this airs because I'll be no. on a boat, but probably within a week of this airing, um, the, the, you'll be able to find those, but only on judgmentalist.com for a period of time. Um, yeah, if you want to hear about my travel antics, Big Sexy's travel antics, where he is in the world, that is uh, Big Sexy Digital Nomad. So bigsexynomad.com, Big Sexy Nomad on any and all of the socials. Uh, we are playing around with this. We got two fun things that we're doing that we want to get input from our listeners. Instead of doing something like cheese bag mail or scoop mail, we uh, are doing these audio postcards. So you can go to prankcall.me and it'll give you a little button to just record some message and send to us. I believe Wayne's done one of those before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know if it got used or not. It did. Yeah. Oh, did it? Cool. It, did. I missed it, it did. Awesome. <laughs> I don't um, even remember what I said. I, it's it, Again, world of podcasting, I don't remember what I said either or what no. you said either. Um, <laughs> But usually they end up being things that give us something to talk about, questions um, in our next episode that this will drop Tuesday, correct? Very correct, yes. yes. Okay, so if you are listening to this as it comes out in tomorrow's episode of Big Sexy Digital Nomad, we are doing an audio postcard from a listener that did not submit the audio postcard. We, we found them asking the question in the wild. We snatched up the audio, we played the audio, we answered the question. This sounds like there could be some legal ramifications of like someone not knowing about like these oh, recordings they'll find out or something. <laughs> okay, yep. They'll find out right, tomorrow. So yeah. And I, I have a feeling that we're in the clear on this one. Okay, good, good. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out um, all the endeavors, uh, but especially uh, Big Sexy Digital Nomad. Uh, ha- have a listen. You, you you can listen to me submitting a digital postcard. That that's great. I don't know how I missed that. Which I, I I'm gonna have to go through the whole back because it said you'll get notified when they get. Uh, that's that's um, that's a is it Acast or Anchor that you use? Whoever it was did not notify me. How dare they? Oh, that might be a thing. Okay, we'll, we'll pick back up on that later. We'll it's pick okay. back up on yeah. that later. Uh- <laughs> but uh yeah you can also reach out to us on all social medias uh at nicepodbud uh or you can go to our website nicepodbud.com contact form that old chestnut click the button write in it y- you know how to you know how to write email. uh but you can also talk to brogan directly oh you know what this works now so i'm gonna hit the outro i'm gonna hit the outro there we go outro music i thought you can hear it it's been i thought you were i thought you weren't playing it on purpose no of course i'm playing it on purpose uh but yeah you can uh reach out to brogan at seven billion needles and you can reach out to wayne at wayne jill now you can reach out to us um and talk to us directly but we we do much prefer if you talk to us as a conglomerate together unless it's like you want to tell me secrets that you don't want brogan to know like brogan brogan is like i don't like brogan and I don't want Brogan to know that. I know that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, thank you on your part, Giovanni. <laughs> anyway, thanks for stopping by and having a listen. As always, stay fresh, cheese bags.